0: G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are recapping a very busy week five, covering all of the injury news going across on the NBA. Who are the waiver wire pickups that benefit? Who are some players you could drop? And of course, our weekly fantasy basketball awards. Let's go! Open Chicago with the lead. Not a game, not a game. We talking about. James with no record for human rights. He's been going to die. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Today and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA if Twitter is still going, which at this stage it is, and on uh, Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Uh, like we said at the top of the show, guys, week five is in the books. We are recapping a very busy week, uh, a week in which I was away over the weekend camping or off-grid, uh, getting away from all the hustle and bustle that is social media and uh, a little bit of break in NBA action. But back now, um, and uh, lots and lots to recap. Came back with lots of injury news to cover, which we will get stuck into later on over uh, in, in the podcast. But first, we've got some fantasy basketball awards to give out. So uh let's uh let's get let's get started with that and start with a positive one. Oops. Sweet, sweet fantasy, the sweet sweet fantasy basketball award of course goes to Steph Curry. Uh, first-time winner so far this, this season, and he is, of course, the number one uh, player in fantasy basketball at the, at the moment. Very uh, reminiscent of last season's start, starting very, very hot. The Warriors, of course, need him to be playing really, really well because of the, uh, the slow start for them as a team, but uh, in terms of his impact... In fantasy hoops, he is the number one player this season. Uh, On the week just gone, he was the number two overall player. Actually, no, number one overall player. Um, Very close to Shea Gildas-Alexander, but uh, played an extra game than him this week. So he does get... Uh, sorry, Anthony Davis was the player that was close to him, but he did play an extra couple of games over Anthony Davis. Um, on the past week, he averaged 30.8 points, 5.5 threes, 6.5 rebounds, 9 assists, 1.5 steals, 0.8 blocks, shooting 58.8 Sorry, 53.8% from the the field and 85% from the free-throw line on five attempts with two and a half turnovers. So we immediately look at those lines and let's look at his seasonal numbers as well. The only real difference between those ones there, guys, is he's averaging 32 points, um, he's averaging seven assists uh, and obviously only the point three blocks, not the 0.8. Um, field goals and free throws are very similar. There's a lot to look at here and sort of see what we... Can take away from him. Now, I had a few people in my comment sections before saying that I was not saying that Steph Curry was a top 10 player. This is, this is false. Uh, I was definitely saying that he was a first round guy. I think if I actually go over to my season guide and see where I had Steph Curry, I had him at eight. Okay. So there you go. I had him at rank eight after Jason Tatum and before uh, Trey Young, Carl Anthony Towns, and Lillian, all those kind of players. So he was sort of the, Start of the guard mix there for me. I think I had a very consensus top seven with Tatum finishing that out. And Steph Curry to me was sort of that half tier below those other guys in the preseason drafting process. He's obviously smashed that... Um, Projection out of the water so far for me. The obvious big differences between what he did is doing now and what he did last season is the field goal percentage is way back up at 53% on the season. Um, hitting 5.33s is awesome. Last year, he only averaged 4.5 on 43.7% from the field, so an extra three and shooting 10 percentages point percentage points better, he's uh, averaging an extra 7 points per game, the assists are up an extra, basically nearly an assist per game as well, Uh, and he's averaging nearly 1.5 rebounds more as well, so a lot of things are improving from last season, so whilst he's been really, really good, I think that you have to expect or assume that he's going to drop off a little bit. Now, I, I I don't really like to say that guys who you drafted in the first round and they're obviously really, really good, they're not really sell highs for me. I think that Steph Curry will still be a top 10 player. He will still be a top 12 guy, first round player for the rest of the season. However... I don't expect him to be necessarily the number one player. Now, could he do it? Yes, absolutely. It's Steph freaking Curry. He's amazing. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. He's an absolute um, just weapon on the offensive side of the floor, in particular. He is playing on another level right now, and Golden State definitely do need him to continue doing that uh, with clay resting, pool very inconsistent with his role and his uh, playing ability, I guess. Uh, A lot of the other guys in and out of the lineups and their record being quite poor. He is someone that will need to continue to do what he has been doing because even though he's been doing this, they haven't been winning at the level we expect them to do. So I don't really think you trade him. I don't necessarily think that you do anything and sell high. Um... Look, if you can get him for... Look, no, I don't even know. No, I just wouldn't... I wouldn't be trading Steph Curry really at all. Just enjoy the ride. Cross your fingers that he can keep this up, but I would expect that maybe the efficiency just scales back a little bit. He loses a little bit of usage and scoring drops back to sort of 27, 28 points instead of 32 points per game. Um, You know, maybe instead of 5.33, he's back closer to 4.95 per game. Uh, Rebounding, this is something That he's never averaged over six rebounds per game, so I think that that's going to drop off. But to at least like five point seven assists should scale back closer to six per game instead of seven. And then everything else should basically still still be the same. Steals are fine at 1.2 per game. The free throw percentage, we know he can be an elite above 90% free throw guy. So those are all fine. Um, I just think that there's a little bit of a haircut coming off the top for Steph Curry. But this week in particular went uh, absolutely crazy. Had a 50-point game in there um, on this season. Uh, sorry, on this week in totals. He's hit, uh, what has he done? That can't be right. Yeah, he's hit 22 threes this week, scored 123 points. Um, just absolute huge boost to both your field goal and free throw percentages as well, um, and and given you 36 assists on the week as well. So huge, huge numbers for Steph Curry, the number one player for totals this past week, and is the clear winner for the Sweet Sweet Fantasy Basketball Award for Week 5. Uh, next, move on to a little bit of a less positive uh, award here. La, la, la. The uh, La 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 Loser, the Fantasy Loser Award goes to Keegan Murray this week. I don't... First... Oh, actually, no. No, I lie. Jabari Smith has won this award already, but second rookie to win this award. He was on the last week... Um, the 324th ranked player on totals. He was the 332nd ranked player on per game. He did just have two games played, averaging 8.5 points, 0.5 threes, 2.5 rebounds, 0.5 assists, 0 steals, 0 blocks. Shot poorly from the field. Uh, He only had one turnover per game, so two turnovers in the week. But still, it's something that is is—it's not good. It's really not good now. I had him just inside the top 100 in my preseason rankings, and I think he will be better than that. He's the 135th ranked player on the season. He has only played 13 games so far uh, this season, so he's missed a few games here and there. But we have seen him play well, and obviously he's in a bit of a funk right now. I don't think I would be dropping him. I would be preaching caution on him. I don't necessarily... Think he's obviously, I don't think he's as good as a player like a Jabari Smith in terms of his fantasy translation. I think he's also on a team that has higher aspirations than, uh, like, the Houston Rockets, say, for example. So, when he isn't doing as well, he, he does seem to cop it in terms of the minutes. So, he's had games, yes, it was an injury. He played 12 minutes. He's had games uh, where he's played 25, 27, 24, 27 minutes per game. Um, there have been games where he's played better and he's played. 32, 38, 39, 36, 32. So when he plays well, his minutes stay up high. When he plays poorly, his minutes seem to come back down. So for that reason, I'm less confident that if this poor performance continues and he is a rookie, these things can go on decent stretches as we've seen with someone like a Jabari Smith. Um, So his minutes might be down as a result of his poor play. The encouraging thing was tonight, He did play poorly, uh, or today I should say, um, and his minutes were still above 34, uh, nearly 35 minutes tonight. He just isn't really providing the other stats that we were hoping to get him, and this was always my fear with Keegan Murray. I didn't think that his steal and block numbers were going to translate as well from college to the NBA as opposed to someone like a Jabari, and I've been wrong on his kind of as well, especially the steals, but on the season, 0.9 steals, 0.7 blocks, 1.1 assists. Um, The free throws are below 80%. The rebounds, 3.5 per game. Um, The 2.2 threes are good. He's not destroying you from the field, but 12 points, it's all a bunch of below average except for the turnovers and threes. I think he can be better, and I think that those rebounds, points, maybe the steals can come up, but I don't see the... Super high upside, or as high upside as some of those other rookies, as I do with Keegan. I think that he's just a an average kind of guy, maybe around that 100 to 120 mark. He'll be better than this, so I wouldn't be dropping him. He might not be a must hole in like a in an eight team league. I think you could go ahead and drop him uh, if you haven't already. In a ten team league, I think he is drop a bull if there is something better on your waiver wire um, with better long rest of season value, which could be the case. He's not an absolute must-hold. I would... Venture a guess that there might not be anyone better on the waiver wire if you're in a 10-team league that's competitive, but there could be in some less competitive 10-team leagues. Uh, But in most 12s, and in fact all 12s, I think he is probably someone you do hold, but I don't think that his upside is sky high like some of uh, the other rookies. or I shouldn't say sky high, but as high as some of those other rookies. It wouldn't surprise me if he's not top 100 for the season, um, basically as a rookie. I would expect he's around that range, which makes him a 12-league, 12-team league guy, but uh, yeah, pretty rough for him so far. I've had a few questions whether not to drop him so far. My answer to most of them have been no. Just wait it out. He will be better than this, Uh, but yeah, it definitely has been rough. And talking about young players, let's move on to the final award of the night, Uh, the Future Fantasy Star. The Future Fantasy Star Award is a guy that had his career high today. He probably is, obviously, owned everywhere in Dynasty Leagues, but Bones Highland is a player that I want to just highlight on today's show because he's a very interesting one. Um, He's someone that I I tweeted out, I really, really like Bones Highland. I think he's a really good player. I was high on him going into the draft. Perhaps not high enough, to be honest. I I think I probably could have been higher. Um, He was projected sort of end of the first uh, round, which I think is where he went. I had him, I think in the teens, uh, from memory. And, um, yeah, on the season, he's the 134th ranked player. The last two weeks, though, he's been the 52nd ranked player in five games. Last month, he's 121st. Last week, he was uh, the 35th ranked player. In the last two weeks, he's averaging 19.4 points, 3.4 threes, which is awesome, uh, 3.6 assists, a steal. He's shooting 41% from the field and 947 from the free throw line on nearly four attempts. So, Big uh, boost from threes. His free throw percentage is awesome as well. His points are very nice and decent assists and about a steal per game is okay as well. And he's doing all of that in 27 and a half minutes. So he's not eclipsing the 30 minutes per night uh, mark at the moment, although he did today. And it showed 29 points, three threes, six assists, uh, shot six of six from the free throw line. Um, really, really good game. I think that he is someone that will... Definitely, He's definitely benefiting right now with Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and I think Aaron Gordon was also out from this game. And he has had a few examples of games this season where he has benefited from guys missing in the lineups. But I think, much like we've seen with Michael Porter Jr. in the past, um, Nikola Jokic even in the past, uh, Michael Malone will play these guys that have clear upside talent and keep them on the bench probably longer than he should just because they're quote-unquote unproven or younger guys and they've got to earn their minutes over the veterans on the team. And I think that Bones Highland could be another clear example of this. Um, I think that he is clearly, or maybe not clearly, but I think there's there's a case we made that he's the fourth best player on this team, uh, especially at least offensively. He does give up a little bit on the defensive side of the court, but he's not horrible. He's, he's long enough. He is able to guard bigger guards, uh, in my opinion. He has a bit of trouble switching onto the larger wings, but in my opinion, he's not a complete disaster on, defensive, on the defensive end, and he's one of their better scorers. He is definitely someone, I think, that in the long term, when we're talking about dynasty uh, players, I do think that a player, a combo of he and Jamal Murray can work together. If not playing a lot of their minutes together, they can stagger their minutes quite nicely. Um, even if it isn't on this team, I, I would just be very, very willing to bet on this kind of a talent moving forward. And he definitely has top 40 upside in terms of a dynasty ranking uh, in the long term. He's only, how old is he? He's 22 years old, so it's second year of the NBA. He, he came in as a slightly older rookie, um, but still only 22 is is really, really good. I think that he is someone... Yeah, I, I see top 40, top 35 upside with Bones Highland that could come as early as next year, potentially. Um, I just think that he's really, really good. Good points, good threes. Very similar in an archetype, similar to kind of like a Jordan Poole type. I very much see a very... Um, comparative stat line. Uh, maybe Pool has a little bit more upside in terms of pure creation flashes that he's shown. Uh, Bones seems to maybe be a little bit more consistent so far this season, but again, a lot of benefits from injuries for him. Um, he also, you know, playing with someone like a Nikola Yukic has its upsides as well. So I think that he is someone that is providing good value so far this season, but I think it's not... It's not Contrary to what I said about Poku last last week, I think this is not a sell-high for Bones Highland because I can see more of this in the future. Um, uh, Michael Malone is someone who needs to be won over for a long time before he gives him those starters minutes, gives him the starting role, and I think eventually Bones Highland will do that. He looks like he could have turned the corner at the moment with all these absences. It might go back to bench minutes, sub-25 minutes uh, after these guys are back, but even in that kind of a role... He can still linger around with back-end value. So uh, I don't think this is a sell-high for Bones Highland. I do see top 40 uh, upside in his future. So just wanted to highlight him here as a player that I really, really like. And uh, yeah, I think if you've got him on your Dynasty roster, just keep him going and and enjoy the ride, and uh, expect more good things to come. Let's move on over now to the hot topics, the news of the week. Lots and lots of injury news to talk about. We've got a few key players coming back. Kyrie Irving came back today. Uh, Kawhi Leonard has returned. And also, surprisingly, Jaron Jackson Jr., Uh, is back, beating players such as Chris Middleton uh, back to the court. He also obviously beat uh, the other injured shot-blocking big man, in Robert Williams, the Time Lord. But uh, I think if you asked any fantasy analyst, anyone in the preseason, would Jaron Jessen Jr., Uh, return before a player like Chris Middleton, 100 out of 100 people would say no, and that reflected in his ADP. I was actually able to get Jaron Jackson Jr., I think it was 101st in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, which I am obviously really stoked about that and his return. He will be sitting back-to-backs, it appears. It will be likely that he... I mean, although... His minutes restriction doesn't necessarily seem to be there all that much at all. Let me just double check. I know in his first game back he played like 25 minutes. Um keeping in mind though that last season when he was a top 45 player, he only averaged 27.3 minutes per night. Last game he put up, yeah, so 25 and 25, so 2 minutes away from where he was last season on average. I think that that is plenty of time for him to have top 60 upside. He will be a little bit rusty. Obviously, we saw in the first game, shot 21%. Second game, whilst it was a great line, 43%. He's never going to be a good field goal percentage guy, but five blocks, three blocks, hit three threes in the last game. Um, He's so far averaging across two games, um, where is his average... Uh, nine rebounds I expect that to come down sixteen points per game. the free throw percentage will trend upwards he's he 's had a couple of poor games from the free throw line there so far, but he is definitely someone that I would be considering as a top fifty player moving forward um, in in a lot of punt field goal percentage builds he 's like a top. 40, top 35 player, especially if you're looking for some of those blocks and threes from your center position, you don't care about his field goal percentage, that is very, very useful. And so he is a very good return for those who took the punt early. A lot of people were burnt by him in the past, myself included, a couple years back when he was out a minute and then missed, uh, proceeded to miss like three or four months of the entire season. Um, So this time we got lucky by. The uh, Memphis Grizzlies' uh, weird and uh, vague injury reporting. Although this time they did give us a report and a timeline, and he beat that timeline uh, pretty pretty convincingly. So he is good to have back, and he will absolutely be a steal from drafts in the, uh, when it comes to the end of the season. Uh, the other two players, Kyrie and Kawhi, the two headache brothers, are back. Um, Kawhi is starting, which is really positive for him. I think that that means good things. I think the bench kind of thing just didn't work. It was a surprise to see it when it didn't happen in the preseason. His minutes were, if we go look at his last couple of games, played 24 and a half minutes and then 22 minutes. Obviously, not the greatest. His lines he hasn't put up haven't been very good yet. So maybe it's a buy low. But again, this guy is going to be a headache for most of the season. So buy low, buy very, very low. I do think that 24 and a half minutes in his first game back is a positive. I expected him maybe to be closer to 20 minutes. Um, So that's a good thing. Maybe he can ramp up to 30 plus minutes in the next two to three weeks, potentially. Although it's, it's, it's so hard to know with Kawhi Leonard, but, If you held him, you might as well just keep holding him now and just cross your fingers and hope that it keeps coming back up. If you traded him away for something else, I wouldn't panic completely because there's still going to be so many headaches for him. So I I don't think that it's, oh, damn, I traded away a first-round-per-game guy. I don't necessarily think we're going to see a lot of that this season, at least not the next month or two. Um, So I wouldn't worry about it completely. You were in a tough spot. There was a lot of uncertainty. There still is a lot of uncertainty with how he's going to manage himself going forward and what the hell actually just happened. Uh, very, very strange. There was not much reporting going on at all for Kawhi, So, but he's back. So that's really, really good. And uh, yeah, good for those people who have him. And then Kyrie Irving returned today from his suspension, started the game. He didn't look his best self, but the game was pretty in control by the team, so he didn't need to do too much. 14 points, 5 rebounds, 2 threes, no assists, still in a block. Um, yeah, played 26 minutes, so... Just sort of thing that um, he'll, he'll get back into. It. I don't expect him to take very long. I think compared to Kawhi, obviously he has a much safer and he's not injured or anything or managing anything like that. So he should be pretty much back up to 100% minutes load moving forward. And I expect him to be a top 12 fantasy player uh, as long as he is on the court, which... Look, I know it's it's frustrating with him. and the, the, the Look, it was very uncertain as to how the, the league and the team was going to handle these things, but... I I still would rather deal with that kind of a headache than an injury-plagued headache like an Anthony Davis or like a Kawhi Leonard or, or someone of that nature, LeBron James being 38 years old. I prefer this kind of a headache because at least when he's back out there, he's going straight up into 30 minutes per game. He's really, really good at playing basketball. We know that. Uh, And before his most recent game, before he was suspended, he was absolutely cooking with top six numbers. So uh, I think that he is someone that if you were able to buy low, um, it was a risk, but it might have been one that paid off. So let me know down in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube if you managed to get either Kawhi or Kyrie at a a cheap price when people were panicking. Uh, I, I know I was panicking a little bit because of all the uncertainty. Um, Those were all the players that were back. Now we'll move on to some players that are out. And the list is quite long and there's some pretty significant names out here. We're going to start with Cade Cunningham. He is currently out with what uh, I think is a stress fracture to his shin, um, which is not good. Anytime you hear stress fracture, it is um, red flag. Very much red flag, especially for a young player on a rebuilding team. It, it it doesn't make any sense for the team to push him back early to get him back playing significant minutes um, and there's a risk that he has a surgery for this injury and is basically out for the rest of the season which to me... Honestly, seems like the more likely outcome at this stage. We haven't had anything confirmed just yet. At the moment on Yahoo, I think it's still just labelled as shin soreness, but um, the report is that he is uh, feared to have a stress fracture in his shin. It's not confirmed yet, but if that is the case, I think that the most likely course of action for the Pistons to undertake is surgery, which basically rules him out for the rest of the season. They're not going any anywhere anyway. Kate Cunningham is their prize jewel. It would you know, help them in their stakes and the race for victim women, Yamba. So the Pistons would probably uh, look to do that. So for me, I'm not dropping him just yet, but I'm just waiting to hear that news, and I think he will end up being a drop. Obviously, it sucks for him. He's obviously going to end up a bust for fantasy rosters. If that is the case, he's the 120th ranked player on the season in nine category settings, uh, less than 20 points, six rebounds, six assists, 0.8 steals, uh, 0.65. Uh, blocks. Not bad, but again, obviously, you, you only play 12 games, That's it's going to be a big bust, but who saw this coming? Um, the next uh, thing that we'll ask ourselves is who benefits from this, and we will go through this in the must-add players, but the biggest beneficiaries here is Killian Hayes, to me. I think, obviously, we've seen him play big minutes with Cade out. Alec Burks is also someone that looks like he'll benefit, maybe uh, someone like a Corey Joseph as well, and the usage will spread out to some of the other players, like a Jaden Ivy, like a Sadiq Bay, or though I think he missed today. Um, Maybe this accelerates the uh, tanking process of getting a player like a Jalen Duran into the starting lineup and playing bigger minutes potential for that to happen Um, you know who knows but I think the biggest winner are those guards very much clearly and it could have a trickle-down effect to younger players like Jalen Duran getting more minutes Uh, the next guy who is out for weeks at this stage or is considered week to week is Ja Morant so for me obviously you're not dropping Ja Morant The next question we ask, who benefits? And it's very, very clearly Tyus Jones. You absolutely need to go and run and grab Tyus Jones if you haven't already. Um, Ja Morant, it's a grade one left ankle sprain. He's considered week to week. So again, grade one left ankle sprain. It's not not that big of an injury. I think you'd be saying when you consider week to week, he's going to miss at least one week. It might only be a week. It might be two weeks. I wouldn't expect it to be much more than two weeks at this stage because I think um, he's obviously a very important part to this team. They're not tanking like the Pistons were. So I think grade one, they've named it up as a grade one, uh, which which again tells us good information there. So I would expect two weeks is probably the higher end, maybe a little bit more than that, if they're obviously being cautious and they win more games um, while he is out. But I think obviously Tyus Jones is the must-add player. Very clear add with his injury there. The next injury is Damian Lillard. Again, another big name, uh, re-aggravating or uh, re-injuring his... Uh, Uh, calf now it was the i can't remember i don't remember if they showed which muscle in the calf it was the first time but they've named it this time as is soleus muscles a grade one strain um now is it the same calf let me have a look uh calf strain Calf tightness. I can't remember exactly if it's the same calf. It is, if it is the same calf, it is, is quite concerning a little bit, just in terms of re-injuring the same uh, same leg. I think it actually is from from what I've read, which to me is um, it's not the best. It, it the soleus muscle. We've got two different muscles in your calf. You've got your soleus muscle and your gastrocnemius. Your soleus is the calf muscle that's a little bit deeper in the in the leg. It's a little bit lower. It has more to do with the Achilles tendon. So when you have a uh, a strain in the calf muscle that often is a risk factor for Achilles tears. So obviously with a superstar like Damian Lillard, he and he's someone who likes to push through things and play through injuries, and he's he's very prideful. And it's one thing I really like and respect about Dane. But I think with an injury like this, it, it's more than just the calf strain itself. Yes, it's grade one, which is a good thing. It's not a grade two or grade three strain. So that means technically on, when you look at it on its own, he'll be back within a couple of weeks. But... Seeing how it's a re-injury and it's closer down towards the Achilles level, I think this could push him out maybe even longer than that. So I would expect maybe two to four weeks is the return for him. There's not a clear ad for someone like a Damian Lillard. I think we keep an eye on a player like Shaden Sharp, although his fantasy game is not quite there yet. I really like what I see from Shaden Sharp, and he might be a winner of a future Dynasty Star Award at some point this season. But he he's a points guy but not a whole lot else is there at the moment. So for me, he's a watch. Maybe in a deeper 14, 16-team league, you add him and just hope that those other numbers come uh, through sheer opportunity. I think Justice Winslow is a big winner here. Josh Hart is a big winner here. And obviously Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons. Um, Jeremy Grant, was playing poorly, or the, played poorly the last game, was playing really well while Damon Lillard was out for a long while as well. So that run of luck will continue for Jeremy Grant, for those who have him and uh, have saying that I was wrong on him. Oh, I guess uh, by results I might be at least for a little while longer as well while he takes a bit more of a usage pie whilst Lillard is out. The next guard, lots of guards getting injured at the moment. Tyrese Maxey has a left foot fracture in and is going to be missing a little bit of time. Um, let's have a look at when he is expected to come back. But now he joins James Harden on the sideline for the Philadelphia 76ers, so they're quite... Uh, he's expected to miss four, uh, three to four weeks, a small fracture in his left foot, um, Look, there's there's no such thing. I mean, there is such thing, but a small fracture, it's still a fracture and it's still in your foot. Feet are notoriously very tricky to heal. It is a low blood supply area. It is a weight-bearing area of of the body. So he's obviously going to be in a boot, I think, um, to immobilize this. He's going to have to get some conditioning back as a result. So, uh, three to four weeks, you might want to make that four to six weeks, potentially. It wouldn't surprise me if he if his absence extends longer than that. James Harden should be back before him. Um, and... Uh, yeah, quite disappointing for Tyrese Maxey, who, um, you know, surprisingly didn't do as well as we'd hoped with James Harden out. This obviously makes DeAnthony Melton, who was already a must roster player, an absolute go and spend a lot of fab money, use your number one waiver priority, must add guy. I think Shake Milton is an interesting guy to look at, although I'm not as excited by him comparatively. Um, and then, obviously, when James Harden gets back, he's going to be getting a lot, a lot of usage, and Embiid and is going to be absolutely feasting again. Another win for another bust that I had before for Tobias Harris, who, who will get more, more usage, and uh, the breaks just keep coming him his way. But uh, yeah, so I think those guys will all benefit. Uh, obviously, you stash him in IR if you can. he would be someone that I'd, I'd try to hold if you couldn't. I think his upside is high enough, and hope for the shorter end of that return. So uh shitty news for him and then the last injury guy that we're going to talk about here is Mike Conley who I think did something to his calf i want to say let's have a look at his injury report um tch, 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 tch. Okay, Populatius Strain. Yep, so he is someone, again, they're re-evaluating him in a couple of weeks. That does not mean that he is back in two weeks. That means they're going to give us an update around that time. He might be back in that time. I think that it's it says that he is a... Um, uh, oh, okay, so hold on. No, the at least two weeks is not accurate. He might be out sooner. So apparently he, he's not out for at least two weeks. He, he's out for... A little while. It might not be that serious, but um, it, okay, yeah. MRI say that the results are better than initially feared. So, again, he's someone that obviously, with him out, players like Colin Sexton, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, Malik Beasley all benefit as well. Um, but nothing really to get super excited that we weren't already sort of considering before. Um, so, I think if you have him, he is currently the 91st ranked player on the season. Because it's not that long, I think you try and hold him even if you don't have the IR spot to stash him in. If you have IR, obviously you drop, pop him in there. But I think that hopefully he's not going to miss too much time. Alright, so lots of injury news there, guys. If you've got some of the injuries, let me know down in the comment. If you're panicking about all your guys being out, let me know down in the comments. I put up a, a Twitter uh, thread recently about what to do when your players are out and, and if you're struggling and falling down the standings because of these things. So go check that out over on Twitter. I've got some good advice there. Otherwise, you can hit me up in the comments on YouTube if you have any specific questions. Uh, let's go on to some must-add players. We've covered a couple of these guys here already. DeAnthony Melton, absolutely must must-roster player. Bones Highland, absolute must-roster player. It will drop off when Jokic and Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon come back, and at that point, he may go back. It's it, Don't drop him straight away. Um, Maybe it's a good sell-high opportunity here. I'm hoping that he can cling on to value when those guys do come back, though. Tyus Jones, whilst Ja Morant, absolute must-roster player. Assists and steals, decent points, threes, good percentages, he will be solid. Larry Nance Jr., we're going to continue to make sure that he is on this list, must-roster player. Still playing really big minutes, more minutes than Jonas Valanciunas, so I think that until we see otherwise, he is a must-add player. Malik Beasley is a, on this list, must-add player. I nearly didn't have him on the must-roster roster list um he's been lighting it up recently his most recent game i think he dropped 29 points let me just double check yep dropped 29 points and um oh we uh we've lost camera there so let's switch this one over battery has just died sorry for that guys i um didn't realize the battery was low on that camera there but uh you have to look at me this way now um Yes, so he is Yeah, six threes last game, seven threes the game before that, three, four, four, six, four threes, all in the previous games. Um, He's not a player that I I super highly rate in terms of fantasy-wise. He obviously has a great role. He's a great shooter. We've seen that in seasons past. But outside of hitting points and threes, he is a little bit empty. He absolutely needs to be on a roster if you need those things. But if you are expecting other things to come from, steals, blocks, assists, rebounds, field goal percentage, I don't think that that's going to come uh, at any point. So uh, be aware that if he's not hitting his shots, he's not going to provide you much. But at the moment, he is hitting all of his shots or nearly all of his shots. And he's getting good opportunity, especially now with Mike Connolly out. He will continue to get good usage and good minutes. So I think for now, He does fall into that must-roster player, but just expect that at any point it could kind of dry up and he might not necessarily give you what he has been giving you these last couple of weeks. So last two weeks is a 26th ranked player. So obviously you're not expecting that, hitting five threes, 52% from the field, uh, nearly 20 points per night. So yeah, you're not going to expect that, I hope. Uh, But he could be a guy that maybe sticks around that top 100, top 120 kind of a zone just through sheer volume of points and threes. And that can definitely obviously be useful. So I I will put him in the must-add players. Uh, Let's go to the maybe-adds. You can consider adding these guys. And the first name on this list I nearly had in the must-add players, uh, but he does have his downsides, Killian Hayes. Now, Killian Hayes is someone that I did suggest adding on Twitter once we saw that news for um, Kate Cunningham. He was in this list last week when Cade was going to miss some time, but we thought it was just short-term. Now it might be really long-term, so um, if you... Thought you weren't going to add him just because it was short and you didn't want to bother adding a streaming guy and you wanted to focus more on long-term. Well, now it could very well be long-term. He does have his efficiencies. Horrible field goal percentage. So he's probably not in the must-add for that reason. If you're punting that category or you've got really, really strong field goal percentage already and you can take that hit from him, um, then he's a much more useful player. Big assists, big steals, um, decent enough blocks from a uh, point guard eligible player as well. He might give you a three uh, as well. The points are really bad. The field goal percentage, as we said, were really bad, and the free throws are not that great either. He'll also probably turn the ball over a little bit. So he's got downside, and he definitely uh, is benefited in certain builds but I think that it is hard to find those assists and streaming elite options on the waiver wire. So for me, he is a good, strong add. I spent a fair bit of fab on my punt points team in uh, the uh, World Cup um, uh, the Fantasy Basketball International World Cup to grab him and uh, did get him comfortably for uh, another player. So I was pretty happy with that, and I think that if you can deal with his deficiencies, then you can, um, that you should do so. The same. Uh, the next guy here on the maybe as Jalen Williams for OKC again, pretty close to being a must add player, but we've seen him kind of go up and down in terms of minutes before. But I just think he's really good. I was keen on him in the preseason um, draft process, like the pre-draft process. I should say, uh, the fact that he went to OKC was good for his fantasy um, stock because of the opportunity that he would get. And in the last week, he's put up 33 minutes, 28 minutes, 36 minutes. He had a 20-minute game, uh, but before that had a 30-minute game, 23, 30, uh, 19, 14, 21, 27. So it's a bit all over the place, but I think it is trending up and he just looks good. He looks good out there. He's a player that can pass, dribble. He can shoot. He's long and can defend. So that length will help him get some good defensive stats and steals when the minutes are there. And I think that, yeah, I just think that he is someone who's versatile that OKC, obviously they like their versatility. So I think that he can continue to see as he gets more and more minutes and, and games under his belt. I think the, uh, I think that the, the stats will come as the minutes solidify. So for me, I would be adding him if I'm looking more long-term. It might be rocky. There might be some bumps along the road, but I think that he is someone by fantasy playoffs we're all going to want to have on our team. So let's add him now when the minutes start to trend up. Tari Eason, again, is on this list. Had a great game today, and it is so clear to me. It is so obvious to me that he should be getting... 26 minutes plus per night, 28 plus minutes per night. He should be prioritized way more than Eric Gordon. Um, I would love, love seeing him and Jabari Smith uh, playing t- minutes together today. He uh, looks really good. You're not always going to get the offensive output that he did today. Obviously, the shooting was unrealistic to expect, but he's always going to give you good rebounds. Three steals again today. Um, the blocks sometimes can be there as well. He's just someone that it's so obvious that he is so good. The minutes are frustrating. They are so, so frustrating, and I can see it. He's not for everyone. If you're struggling, and if you're at the bottom of the standings, and you've got injuries, he might not be someone that you can tolerate for very long, and you can add him now, but you might be dropping him very soon. He's going to be inconsistent, but if you're in the top half, top third of your standings, I would be trying to hold on to him, because I think... Soon, I don't want to say sooner rather than later, but at some point this season, at some point this fantasy basketball season, he is going to be uh, an absolute must roster. It's just a matter of when. And I worry that it's not going to be until the trade deadline or if Garrett Gordon is a trader before then. And it's hard to hang on to him with, you know, the previous game. He put up four and six with no other stats in 19 minutes. He played 18 minutes the game before that, 15 minutes the game before that. And uh, there's been some really big games in there, but there's also been some stinkers in there. So we kind of know what's going on with Jabari Smith. uh, Sorry, not Jabari Smith, with Tari Eason. It's just so obvious, so frustrating to me. Like, he's so good. He's so obviously one of their better players and makes things happen when he's out there on the court um, that I have to think at some point they they give him the minutes. Uh, The next couple of guys here, Colin Sexton, Shake Milton, kind of fall in a similar category for me. Just players that I'm not a big fan of, especially in the fantasy uh, sphere just because they're Empty points that don't do a whole lot else. Shake Milton, obviously, because of the Tyrese Maxi injury. He put up 27 points today, three threes, two two assists, six rebounds. Shot 67% from the field. I don't expect that to continue. um, Look, 38 minutes is very, very encouraging. I think um, he could be considered a must-add player, but again, just know that you're not going to get outside much outside of scoring. Maybe you get an increase in assists, um, some threes, but the rebounds are not going to be very good. The steals, blocks, I don't think he's going to be a great percentage guy either. Uh, but he obviously is going to benefit a lot while Maxie is out. As soon as James Harden returns though, I think he's going to lose a lot of value and you probably will drop him after that. So whereas D'Anthony Melton will continue to hold his value when someone like a Harden comes back and Maxi is still out. Uh Colin Sexton I've I've made my, my comments about Colin Sexton known very much this season. I did eat my words a little bit before when I said you could add him, but ever since I said that, he's been shit again. So he's just someone who's not very good. I really just think he needs everything to go through him. He needs high minutes to be worthwhile in fantasy rosters. And he's just not going to do that. This Utah team is actually decent. There are guys in Larry Markadon, which I've said all along is going to be their number one option. Then the rest of the guys kind of share the load a little bit. And for me, when you've got someone like Malik Beasley going off as well, you've got other young players that you can look to prioritize. I think Colin Sexton just won't find it in Utah, but you can add him now with um, Mike Conley out. And we don't necessarily know how long he's out for he is very old so maybe it is longer than what they're gonna they're saying it will be so you can add him and see what's going on as long as you only expect points you only expect a little bit of threes but you're not going to get anything else so i put him in here if you need points you can go grab him but i'm not expecting a huge amount of upside um last few here guys i'm um, uh, again, upside is it's short-term while guys are out. Justice Winslow, John Conchar, and Alec Burks. Again, Winslow we spoke about with the Damon Lillard news. He probably has a little bit of good upside in assists and steals, decent rebounder. He does have a good fantasy appeal in certain builds, so I like him. John Conchar just kind of solid across the board. We've seen him have some good games, but upside I don't think is necessarily too high. Uh, in games where Jaron Jackson Jr. is also resting, you're going to see him get some really good uh, minutes and some good fantasy production. So he's someone you could have a look at. And then Alec Burks for Detroit. If Killian Hayes is just absolutely sucking, you could see Alec Burks come out. And again, similar to those other guys we talked about before, points, threes, maybe a little bit of assists there, here and there, but not super high in terms of the upside. So I think that, yeah, I'd prioritize a lot of these other guys ahead of uh, a player like Alec Burks. And the last segment that we'll talk about today, a bit of a longer podcast today, lots of injury news talk at the top, but droppable players. Again, I did a uh, tweet about this, a thread on Twitter before, about we, we're five weeks through the NBA season, through the fantasy season now. You should have a very good understanding of where you're sitting in your league right now. The biggest message that I want to say with all of these guys, it's very hard to give a blanket statement, Right. If your team is struggling, if you're in the bottom half of the standings and you're sitting outside of the playoffs at the moment, you need to get a move on right now. Don't wait and don't wait until another two or three weeks pass by and then you know realize, oh shit, I got to do something and get into the, the playoffs. You've got to make a move now. Um, we reference a lot of the time, the Shengoon of this season, you know, Tari Eason. Last year, the reason I reference that is because people like, uh, even like my good friend and co-host, Carl McMullen, were holding Shengoon for too long, in my opinion, um, and it cost them in the end. If you hold these players, then, yes, there's obvious, obvious, obvious upside, and when they play minutes, they put up good stats, but we can't rely on it, and we can't wait for it when our team is struggling, and we need wins right now. So, players like... Isaiah Hartenstein, Onyek Okongwu, Isaiah Jackson, Walker Kessler. All of those guys are stashes at the moment. And if you're in a good situation and you've got a good team and you're winning anyway, yeah, you can hold on to those guys and hope for an injury or hope for a change in the rotation or something to happen down the line and they get big minutes and then you could be handsomely rewarded. But if you're struggling, I really think you can do better by streaming that position, going for someone with a bit more short-term Upside. Some of those guys that are benefiting from the injuries, I'd be picking up instead of those players now. If your team is struggling, um, I really think you need to move on from those players now. And uh, yeah, they could blow up later, but it doesn't matter if you're not going to make the playoffs or if you're in the eighth seed versus the top team and you're bounced out in week one. Um, I think you need to make a move now and uh, because you might have more injuries coming later in the season and it, it might not matter. You've got to try and get the wins now while you can. So move on from those players. Other players I think you can drop. Santi Aldrama, you can drop now that JJJ is back. He still will have some good games here and there, but you're probably better off streaming that position if you, uh, yeah, if he's your worst player. Jalen McDaniels might uh, benefit a little bit with Lamelo Ball out but the upside, I don't think, is necessarily all too high. He, um, you know, uh, funnily enough, someone like a Dennis Smith Jr. kind of eats into his minutes. And with, um, you know, with him playing a bit more at the guard position, I just think that he was shooting really hot to start the season. And, and his ranking reflects that. But I don't think we can expect that moving forward. Charles Bassey, thank you. We salute you, sir. Um, you did really well. Same with Jeremy Sohan with your five game week from the Spurs. If I was to keep one of them, it would be Sohan. Just because of the opportunity and the minutes that he plays, he's been very up and down, as most rookies are. But I see something there. He's, he's rough, so if I had to choose someone to hold, it would be Sohan over Bassi. But I think both can be dropped now because obviously they're not playing five games this week or any other week. I don't think this season. Um, Karis Levert, I've been, I've had him on this section for a while now. You can absolutely go ahead and drop him. He's just when both guards are healthy. Um, he's just not a good fantasy player. He's one of those guys that sometimes can score really well. He had that forty-point game earlier this season, so we hold on hope that he can do something like that again. Um, but for me, he's just he's just not very good. He's a guy that is his main thing is scoring but he's like the fourth best scorer on this team. So they're not going to put the ball in his hands when they could put the ball in the hands of Garland or Donovan Mitchell or even Mobley even. And uh, when those guys are healthy, then he's just not really providing much else out of maybe a little bit of assist. But he hurts you in so many areas that I think you can absolutely move on. Uh, Zero points last game and uh, uh, did his ankle. So obviously he is someone who can drop uh, quite, quite comfortably. If you haven't also, if you haven't done so, Already, and then the last player here still rosted in so many leagues, and I just think this guy will never ever be a good fantasy player he 'd be a better points league guy, so you hold him in points leagues, but in a category league, just go and drop R j Barrett. he is so so bad, was very close to getting the um, loser of the week award. Let me just have a look at his um, ranking because i 'm sure it 's in the two or three hundreds. And uh, he's been doing that every year, every season of his career so far. What is he? He's the 285th ranked player in nine category leagues. Um, he's scoring 18 points. Awesome. People look at that and they think that that's, that's, that's great. It's actually a slight negative. It's slightly below average. I mean, it's basically average. Um, so that's fine. And it's hard to find average points off your waiver wire. But... He's a negative in every single other category. Um, huge negative to your field goal percentage. Big negative to your steals. Doesn't get any blocks. Doesn't get any free, uh, free throws. Are poor. He's just bad at every single thing except scoring. His turnovers are right around average as well. But he's he's been he's never been a top one hundred and fifty player ever in his career. He's not getting better there's uh, Brunson there now he, he's just he's just bad man he's just really really bad and he just it hurts you in so many areas. I'd rather stream that position. You can make up his points by just getting lots of volume in that position. And then you're probably not going to hurt your percentages in field goal free throws. You're going to get more assists, steals, blocks, rebounds, uh, threes than, than you will holding onto RJ Barrett. He is owned in a lot of leagues. And if you are one of the players that have RJ Barrett, drop him, stream the position. You will be much, much better off, in my opinion, because I've just, I've seen enough to know that he's just not going to, he's not going to improve anywhere. Um, he's doing this all in a huge 34 minutes a night he's done it before in 35 each in the last seasons and uh, yeah it's just not changing it's not getting any better for RJ Barrett and I think you've got to realise now guys that he's just not a good fantasy player and I don't think he ever he ever will be um, so that will do it for us today guys uh, thank you for checking out the podcast if you are on Apple Podcasts um, let us know what, what you think by giving us a five-star rating on the iTunes. Uh, head over to the show on the Apple Podcast section. Scroll down until you see the stars and reviews. Write a review. Give us five stars. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know what your favorite part of the show is, how much, uh, or if the draft uh, season guide has helped you at all. Really, really appreciate that, and uh, it helps us grow the show. So, um if you are, uh, even if you're listening along on YouTube, head over to the Apple Podcast version of the show and give us a rating and review over there. I will uh, be very, very appreciative. This week we're talking about the um, the sleepers this this uh, video. We're going to relook at that, looking at some buy lows, looking at some help uh, sell highs, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. special about hero breads soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is having a versatile high quality favorite feels great but having a whole closet full of them feels even better That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.